The Huss doing it to us. An average of 50 in test matches. ODIs, 48. First class average of 52. He debuted for Australia playing ODIs at the age of 28. He debuted for Australia as a test player at the age of 30. And this after scoring 15,313 first class runs before his debut. Get that. 15,000, that's just nuts, isn't it? 79 tests, 185 ODIs. He's uh, now a television presenter for Fox Sports coverage. Welcome to the show, dude. Uh, g'day, Martin. How are you? It's a huge roll call and and, a, and list of honours. And you know, when you hear it like that, do you ever actually sort of sit and think, wow, that, that that's actually quite a lot? <laughs> no, not really. I've never been a big uh, stats man or numbers man. I, I sort of always thought that, well... No one really remembers how many runs you actually scored. It's more the way you played the game. And, um, and you know, if you mention any of the, the great players, you know, say Jacques Callis, do you remember how many test runs he made? Not really, no, but you remember the way he played the game and how, how many games he won for South Africa. Brendan McCullum's probably a good example. You know, uh, I don't remember how many runs he scored, but the way he scored his runs and the way he led New Zealand and changed the way they played their cricket um, is, is sort of what you remember about a player. So, no, I, I don't really follow the numbers that closely. The only exception I've got to that is Sir RJH431 at 22.29, and I don't know why that's stuck in my head. Oh, of course. Of course, Sir Richard Hadley. Yeah, well, yeah. But again, I, I still remember just I've, I've just the picture I have in my mind about him just running into bowl, that beautiful smooth run up and that beautiful smooth action, the skill that he had by swinging the ball and seaming the ball both ways. I, I still don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been able to guess how many runs he, uh, sorry, how many wickets he took. But I just, I just have that vivid picture in my mind of, of him running in the bowl and, and how, how graceful he was. I've got so many things to ask you, but while we're on that, let's just touch on that because his, you know, obviously the guy that he looked at was Lily. And when you look at Dennis Lily and his actions, they are sweetness, aren't they? Yeah, definitely. And, and I guess my, my memory of, of Richard Hadley is that sort of smooth, beautiful, crisp action. And, um, what I remember about Dennis Lilly is when he was younger, he was a real firebrand, but because of his back injuries, he had to remodel his action into a beautiful, uh, smooth action and, and, and become a very skillful bowler as well. So uh, you can definitely see the comparisons between the two and, and obviously both very driven men to be able to come back uh, from injury and, and also to play for so long and, and, and have such great longevity in the game. Mike, I'm a grumpy old side. I don't actually mind admitting that. I'm getting grumpy as I, as, I, as I get older. But one thing about sport that I love is the reverence that we talk about our old heroes like this. And I wonder these days how many of the new generation of players in any sport are going to be thought of in the same way by those who are our age now, if you know where I'm going. Oh, I still think... Um I still think there'll be sort of new heroes that, that'll emerge and, and um, it might be slightly different than what we remember because we all remember growing up on test cricket and, and you know, yes. at, at the, test, the test heroes were, were our heroes. I guess like Alan Border was my hero and I just loved the way he played his test cricket, tough and uncompromising and never throwing his wicket away. Um, but it might be different. That, you know, the next lot of heroes might be the, the T20 style players and... Um, and that's still okay, you know. Again, for me, it's it's the way you play the game, and 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 sort of what mark you leave on on the on the game in that manner. So, um, you know, I know over on this side of the ditch, um, there's still a lot of heroes. There's a lot of the young kids that I see now are emulating the way Steve Smith and Marnus Labuschagne sort of let go and uh, and all that let go of the ball and how fidgety they are at the crease and 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 all those little intricacies of the game. So. Um, I still nice think there's going to be plenty of that sort of stuff in the future. And, and you know, especially over in New Zealand as well, there's still there's, there's a lot of great players. You know, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of kids out there 
copying exactly every move that Kane Williamson makes. Oh, hey, not just kids, mate. All us old boys with no one to look at her in the lounge. <laughs> and I mean, obviously as well. I love you. I love hearing you say that also about AB, that the thing that sticks in your mind, the grittiness, the, the refusal to, to give his wicket away and the sheer competitiveness of the man. Great qualities. Oh, absolutely sensational. And um, I guess... I remember the very first time I met my hero. Um, we, we were playing a Sheffield Shield game against each other at the Wacker. And and um, he was playing for Queensland. I was playing for Western Australia. And my shoe actually blew out. And um, you've got to remember, this guy was my hero growing up. I had posters of him on my wall. I, I was actually a right-hander until the age of eight. But I loved AB that much that so I turned around to be a left-hander. No! Anyway, yeah, no! no that's true. Is that right? <laughs> that's, that's true. And we're playing this Sheffield Shield game and, and my shoe blew out. So I, I politely asked Alan, I said, excuse me, Alan, do you mind if I just change my shoe? And the first words my idol ever said to me no. was, bloody hurry up, you little mongrel. <laughs> 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 so he was tough, that's for sure. Before we even get on to the cricket, because we've been speaking for a few minutes, I meant to ask you, obviously, look, uh, we're in self-isolation, we're in lockdown here, it's just the weirdest thing there is, it, it, everyone's in the same boat, but it's just so unusual, nothing is normal, I mean, how is life where you are, and especially where you are, sort of so isolated from the rest of Australia? Yeah, we're, we're much the same, I think we're probably a little slower to react in this country, uh, to, to be honest, but, but now certainly the government's got really serious and, uh, and, and yeah, we're pretty much in lockdown as well. The schools are still open, um, however, my children are working from home on an online sort of uh, system, so, so there's still, I think a couple of the schools have still got kids going to school, but I, I'm, I'm assuming that's going to be sort of getting shut down over the next week or so. But school will still go ahead, which I think is a good thing. But most of the kids learning from home. But other than that, yeah, you're right. We're, we're in lockdown. There's no social gatherings whatsoever. You're only really going out for um, necessities. Um, it's been a little... The thing that's probably disappointed me the most is it's been a little bit... Um, we've seen some pretty poor character from a lot of people yeah, that have gone yeah. out there and just... Just I guess bulk buying all the all the things they think they want to um, build, bulk, or build up on I guess which has been a bit disappointing and a bit greedy but um, but other than that yeah we're, we're just pretty much just been locked down as well so it's it's yeah unprecedented times it's amazing but I'm glad now we're we're all getting serious about this and we can uh, hopefully get on top of it. If I had interviewed you last year, that's before December the 31st, and I'd said, look, uh, in a few months' time, there is no sport being played, not only anywhere in the world, but nothing professionally, nothing, a community, nothing, nothing, you would have been sitting there going, so who's this guy that's interviewing me, and why isn't he on medication? It's just, I mean, it, it is weird, Mike, isn't it? It's just really, really bizarre. Uh, it is. It is absolutely crazy, and, and nothing that we've ever experienced before, and, and look, I hope we don't never have to go through it again, but... Um, yeah, you're right. Weird's probably the right word. We did have some sport last weekend uh, in the yeah, AFL yeah. being played and there was no crowds there whatsoever and that was weird watching. Um, but to be honest, I, I think it's the smart move. You know, we've, we've got to do the right thing. We've got to get on top of this now and um, the, the right protocols are in place. Um, in a way, it maybe it's a, it's a time where, you know, we, we've all just got to slow down a little bit. Our lives are so fast-paced. We can just slow down, get, get around our families um, and spend some really good, quality time with our families um that that's that that's maybe what we can focus on at this stage the australian cricket legend mike hussey is with us on the drs everyone knows your nickname is mr cricket but you've also got a nickname morris where did that come from <laughs> oh you've obviously been digging out some dirt from, uh, from from some people around but uh no it's actually maurice um maurice sorry yeah so so when i played the game i was known as um 
uh, I guess I was someone that was very intense and was very serious about my cricket and, and, and wanted to do well and put everything into every single ball. But then after the game, in the dressing rooms, that's when you can really relax and just enjoy yourself and, and you know, um, let the hair down a little bit, I guess, because, you know, there's so much stress and pressure and anxiety around a test match uh, or any game, international game, really. So after the game, when you can just relax, and, and some of the guys thought, who is this guy? You know, uh, I was sort of laughing and joking and telling jokes and dancing and, you know, mucking around and stuff, and they're saying, this is a, a completely different guy than what we know. This this can't be Mike. It must be Maurice. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Well, look, it, it had to be a story, and it had to be from someone. Can you remember who actually uh, gave you the moniker or not? Yeah, it was Nathan Horitz. He was the one that uh, that started it. Unfortunately, it stuck. But um, I think we've all got a bit of an alter ego, haven't we? Yes, it, mate, you know, along the way. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Mike, you know, going back to yourself and the fact that you know it took ten seasons of first class cricket, and again, I'll repeat that stat, people: fifteen thousand three hundred and thirteen first class runs. And this is Australia. The guys getting these runs and against those bowlers before your debut. Was there ever a moment where you think, "Oh my God, it's gone. It's out. It's you know, it's like water through my hands, and it isn't going to happen." Yeah, without doubt. Uh, and in fact, probably that moment was the time when things sort of changed around for me because I actually was just, well, as you can imagine, as I said before, I was really serious and desperate to play for Australia and I wanted it so much and I put so much pressure on myself and I was trying so hard. Um, I got to a stage where I just burnt myself out and um, I ended up getting dropped from the Western Australian team. And then that was the moment when I thought, oh, well, you know, I might as well give up on my chance to play for Australia because it's just not going to happen. I can't even get a game for WA here. Um, so it, it actually changed my focus and it was a real blessing in disguise. So I sort of came into the following season. I thought, you know what, I'm not even going to worry about playing for Australia anymore. I'm just going to relax. I'm going to enjoy the game. I'm going to just enjoy playing for WA, knowing that I could still be proud of playing, you know, first-class cricket for Western Australia for a period of time. And as soon as I did that and took the pressure off myself and, just relaxed and went out there and played the game. Um, that's when my consistency really returned, and mm. and funny enough, that's when I got my opportunity to play for Australia. So it was it was a good lesson for me, really. And I had to try and take that same attitude into international cricket. Mike Hussey is with us live from Perth on the DRS. Just please hold the line there, and uh, we'll go to a break. Come back. I've got a couple more questions for you. For you, Mike Hussey, for just a few more minutes, and we thank you for being so patient waiting on the line. This isn't a great day in New Zealand cricket history, mate. It is the 65th anniversary of when we were all out for 26 against England at Eden Park. It is the 5th anniversary of the One Day World Cup final in Sydney, where we completely bottled it. And the reason I'm bringing that up is we sent a great side over there for that, Mike, and we sent a great side over for the three tests, full of hope, and... And then a couple of weeks ago, we sent another great side back for the one day and we got pantsed again in Sydney. So the question for you is, are Australia, is your team the boogeyman for us? Why can't we just, for some reason, not play like we play against everyone else against you lot? Um, No, not really. I I agree with you. I think they're a very good team. Um, I I think conditions can play a big part as well. Obviously, the pitches in New Zealand are a lot different to what they are in Australia. You know, having, having that pace and bounce uh, can really make a difference and um, I, I remember the last test series in Australia being really optimistic of a very close series and thinking wow this is going to be great England uh, New Zealand are coming off some tough cricket against England in New Zealand um, Australia uh, still rebuilding a little bit but a, a very good team as well on paper with Smith and Warner coming back into the team um, so I was expecting a great series but the problem was New Zealand were coming from lower, slower, flat pitches, and they came over to Perth 
which was fast and bouncy and, and seeming and swinging around all over the place. And it's very difficult to make those adjustments very quickly. And quite often that's what the modern day player has to do, which I, I think's got to be a huge challenge, is, is changing from the different conditions and the different formats of the game. But they've got to do it really quickly. I don't think New Zealand even had a warm-up game no, uh, no, in the lead-up no, to that no, we didn't, series. No, and so, no. So, so that makes a big difference. I, I think by the end of that series, New Zealand was starting to figure out, OK, right, this is what I need to do in Australian conditions. But unfortunately, the series was over by that stage and, and they had to move on to the next thing. So I, I don't know. I, I think because the schedule is so tight, it's really difficult for the players to prepare extremely well for, for the conditions they're going to play in. And plus, the, the three formats of the game makes it difficult as well. Mike Hussey with us, so generous with your time. A couple more questions and we'll let you go, mate, and thank you very much. International cricket before the end of the year. I mean, we've all got our fingers crossed and hope, but what say it doesn't happen? Can cricket survive till the end of the year if just domestic competitions start up? Oh, I haven't really thought about that. I guess I'm just hoping that um, we can get on top of this coronavirus situation and, and things can go back to normal. If not, um, I think the game can survive, but it, it could look a little different to start with. I think obviously everything will be resources-wise will have to be pulled back, you know, a, a long way, and, um, and and we might have to go back to the bare bones, I guess, and, and then start the build again. So um, I know in Australia, Cricket Australia throw a lot of money at the, the pathway programs and, and and certainly grade cricket and and obviously the international game as well. So that'd have to be stripped back a, a, a huge amount, I would have thought, if if there's no sort of real cricket being played, uh, and then. Yeah, just just have to slowly build, but but I believe there's going to be a huge appetite for sport once we are allowed to get back out there and and play, whether whether it's football codes or, or cricket for you know around the summer months. So I'm sure it can bounce back relatively quickly, but but initially I, I think there'll be a bit of a hangover. Fine, and how are you enjoying the TV career? And do you ever get nervous in the lab? Like, I mean, what's worse, facing those pace bowlers or standing there in front of the camera and watching that red light come at you? <laughs> Oh, it's a lot easier in the lab facing those bowlers than it is out in the middle, I can assure yes, you yes. of that. Uh, but no, it is a bit daunting, I must admit. But, but I must admit, I have to um, take my hat off and thank very much the, the guys behind the other side of the camera, the, the guys that are running the technology, and they do an unbelievable job to help me look a lot better than what I am. <laughs> but, uh, but no, it's good fun. Good good bunch of guys and girls to work with. We had Ian Smith over with us. Yeah, uh, he's a in, fantastic you know, bloke, summer. mate, isn't he? Fantastic bloke. Oh, he's, he's an absolute legend, and we loved him. Absolutely loved him at Fox Cricket. So, um, you know, we'd have him every year, I think, if we could. But, uh, yeah, it, it's a lot of fun. As I said, good good bunch of guys. I, I, I don't even see it as a job. I just see myself turning up to the cricket, watching the game, the best seats in the house, and just having a chat to the to the guys about it. And, um, and yeah, so, so it's good fun. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Call mate. Devlin. Devlin! 0800 80 1080. Oh, I see what you mean. Now. Okay, okay. The DRS. 11-2, you want to call and comment on anything on the program? I like that guy. How can you not like that guy?